then you'll be able to get a good fee for whatever it is. So uh, don't, don't worry too much. Uh, that's uh, the, everybody's, uh, somebody's interested in everything. And anything you can be interested in, you'll find others will. But it's absolutely stupid to spend your time doing things you don't like. Hello, and welcome back to Our Manifestation Journey. My name is Mickey. My name is Sam. We are two sisters who live together with our husbands and children and who document our play with the law of attraction. Welcome back to the show. We are recording this uh, in the later afternoon, mm-hmm. evening. It and feels so late. It feels so late. It's, it's only five late. o'clock. I know. But it's, but it's dark, dark out. So it just feels like we're, it's like you're losing time in the day. Da, da, da. Like this in July is like, pff, day just started. Yeah. You know, anyway. Uh, so our house is a bit bustling at the moment. Mm-hmm. I just want to recognize that and call it out as it is. So we've got husbands and babies and dogs all running around doing things and yeah. being being uh, humans, being beings yes. is what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we're just warning you in advance. Toddlers could come in, dogs can bark. It's a whole scene. But we record this podcast in real life in real time. It's part of the authenticity of the show. Yeah. So I hope you can appreciate that, listener. Uh, yes, I'm pumped <laughs> to introduce this couple. Um, this conversation, it was just a really, it kind of, I think it caught me off guard yeah, how it pleasurable guard. it was. Yeah, it totally caught me off guard. I, Not at all what I was expecting. No, based on <laughs> their bios, which I'll read here in a moment. Are you going to read that before we talk about the episode or after? I don't know. Okay. What were you going to say? Because based on the bios, you would expect a different conversation. Yeah. Just one that would have gone probably right to the topic. Yes. But it just took this whole other glorious direction. Yeah. Um, So yeah, we've alluded to the bios. Sam's brought them up. I'm going to read them. So here we go. So Corey is a human impact community builder, communications entrepreneur, and plant medicine advocate who has spent the last five years building communities in the mental health and wellness space. After a 20-year battle with depression, he has committed his career to a vision where the stigmatization of mental illness is replaced with compassion, transformation, and community connection, a world where we can work together to reunite with our innate abilities to heal, overcome, create, and actualize our full potential. As a conscious breathwork guide, integration coach, and the former executive director of the Canadian Psychedelic Association, Corey is passionate about collaborating with other advocates to expand education, equity, and psychedelic across at home and abroad. Sweet. So, I mean, you're going to talk about Caitlin. Let me talk about Caitlin first, and then we'll chat. So, Caitlin, Caitlin's personal journey of healing inspired her to pursue training in yoga and mindfulness, somatic therapy, and art to assist others on their path to wholeness, vitality, and joy. She completed her 500-hour trauma-informed yoga teacher training in Toronto at Yoga Space. She holds a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree from OCAD University, and she is currently training in somatic trauma therapy. Caitlin's gentle approach is accessible, and she encourages you to honor yourself. She aims to promote a deeper sense of embodied presence and connection with the self. Yeah. So we 
I mean, we're obviously going to kind of touch we'll talk on about it. this, yeah. In the actual episode, mm-hmm. which you're about to listen to, um, we've known Caitlin since we were kids. Um, but I assumed that this episode was going to be about psychedelics, psychedelics, and <laughs> yeah. their work Breath with work it, and, and yeah, and because they have such a fascinating story with that. Like, yes, it's amazing what they are doing. The work that they're doing is is amazing, and that's why we wanted to have them on the show. And it does get to that. We yeah. do get to that mm-hmm. in the episode, but the first what like forty minutes of it, <laughs> so good. <laughs> this like tangent that. We went on a completely different path, and I'm so glad we did. Me too. It was so inspiring. Yeah. And it was a simple question, like, how did you two meet? Yeah. And re- so basic. Yeah. The answer, not basic. Right. <laughs> the answer was like, oh my God, this is the coolest, we were calling it a woo-woo love story. Yeah. And it's just so amazing, yeah. so beautiful, so divinely orchestrated. Yeah. And like to have two people be so aware of that. Yeah. That's the day and age that we're living in. Yeah. It's not like, oh, and then by coincidence, like, you know, this happened. It's like, no, they were aware. Yeah. Because of the self-development stuff they've been doing. So I'm like, this is so cool. Yeah. Like, like to, I mean, as a filmmaker, I'm like all over it. Like I listening know. to the two perspectives on yeah. how they met mm-hmm. and I'm visualizing it and I'm like, oh, like this is juicy so beautiful so inspirational like just I just like I want to just preface it by saying like if you or someone you know is single Mm -hmm. and is like you're listening to this so you're in this space Mm -hmm. this story is going to be so beautiful for you Mm -hmm. it's gonna be so like tangible or something like hold on to it and really feel into the energy of this story because it's it's an inspiration. It, it yeah. was just so cool to watch it unfold. <laughs> it's like this is we had no idea that it was gonna go this way. And I'm so glad it did because it yeah. was just it's just so beautiful. It was fun. And what a beautiful um I'm using that word a lot, but that's how I felt. Feel. Um, but like you know, it's such a testament as to the work that they're doing as a couple. Mm-hmm. Like it's just of course you met that way. Right. Mm-hmm. And then like and then you find out all the amazing work that they're doing mm-hmm. and you're like this. Th- yeah, this adds up. <laughs> yes, that is how you would meet. Like it's it's, it's all feels meant to be like it yeah. all feels orchestrated, right orchestrated. Yeah. Um, it's all planned out. <laughs> yeah. Like it just it's working. And they're fulfilling the call. They're answering yes, the call. They're, they're fulfilling the call. that mm-hmm. that destiny, that that higher self, that bigger version, whatever it is. Yeah. So not only is their love story inspiring, but the work that they're doing to make this world a better place, they have a very grand vision Yes. for their purpose here. Yes. And how they are going to add to the expansion of the planet. And I am so excited to be a part of it. <laughs> yeah. And like to seemingly be so early on in their journey. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I would just got shivers. Whoop! they're still going up and down my spine that source being like things are happening yeah like i I had an image in my head about working with them long term Mm -hmm. and that's when the shivers happened Mm -hmm. so it's like yeah this is definitely not the end and we were saying that too like we just skimmed the surface of what what the potential of this conversation could be and we'd already hit our hour mark and i was like wow like we need a part two. Mm-hmm. So we are definitely going to have a part two of this conversation that actually, uh, I have to remind me, I have to email <laughs> Corey back about, uh, setting up a, a time in our schedule, but 
to say that these two are inspirational is an understatement. Yeah. I can't believe that they're in our community. I know. Like, I know. These two. It's like, feels divine. You're, you know? Wow. It's real. I know. Like it's in our backyard? Really, really What's amazing. What's happening? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to link everything in the show notes, how to get a hold of these guys, um, and what they're doing. They, so they have a, a center. So if you're, if you're in and around the Kingston area, um, even if you're like Toronto or Ottawa, like anywhere around here, they have this center. It's called NUMA, N-E-U-M-A, the Center for Social Wellness. Wow. My brain, my, I can't. <laughs> Is it because it's 5 p.m.? I don't know. And it's dark out. I guess I'm just starting to shut down. NUMA, the Center for Social Wellness. I'm going to link this in the show notes so you don't have to rely on my clumsy way of explaining to you how to get a hold of these people. Um, But yeah, their mission is on there. It's big. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to see where these two go. I know. And to be associated with them at this point mm-hmm. i'm just pumped for that too like mm-hmm. it's just it's just it's a pleasure to mm-hmm. to not only capture their story and document it on our show like we've got this you know beautiful little capsule of where they are at this moment in time um but yeah just to share their energy and their mission and everything that they're doing i'm just i'm honored yeah it's a big deal yeah right mm-hmm. it is so I yeah I genuinely hope you enjoy this entire exchange um like I like it just I feel I feel really blessed and really grateful to have this platform to co-create with people like this and then share it with other people do you know what I mean like having this conversation just with them yeah just us we're not recorded would have been like wow what a cool experience but to be able to have the ability to record it and like package it pretty and then send it to the world so everybody can witness it too yeah like it's right yeah it's cool this stuff is just i know just good to just good to be here you're just so lucky you don't even know <laughs> listener how lucky you are right now because you're about to listen to something super cool and you don't know yeah it's really good it's so fun and i just feel so like i said blessed to be the one to bring it you mm-hmm. know blessed to be the one to be like look at the they're so cool what they're doing like it's just so fun it's such an honor so i'm gonna stop talking um get to know Corey and caitlin they're so great all of the information is in the show notes on how to get a hold of them um and yeah enjoy this episode it's so fun enjoy it hello mickey here i'm going to interrupt the show for a brief moment to let you in on something that i've been developing on my journey If you've been listening for some time, you know that I've been tapping into something that I can't even explain. From my meditation practice, I used to involuntarily shake, sway, write circles on paper, and more recently receive messages from source. It started with free writing in my journal and has led to channeling really personal and powerful messages for those closest to me. And let me tell you, these messages have been life-changing. Yeah, I can speak to that. It was a couple of months ago when I walked into the office. Mickey was in front of her laptop and I said, Mickey, I would like a channeled message. I had watched her give several different messages to our close family and friends and even to people that she had met online. And I saw that they were life-changing and I was like, I'm ready to have one of these life-changing moments. The experience was amazing. It was about an hour long. Uh, There was a lot of tears. I had a major breakthrough. 
it just gave me a lot of clarity. And I knew that it wasn't coming from her because she was speaking to things that she didn't even know about. And through that, I, I came up with a new strategy, a new way of operating in my business. And from there, a whole new journey opened up for me. So yeah, they really are life-changing. Oh, thanks, Sam. The interesting thing about all of this is that you actually have this ability You do, trust me. But sometimes you get in your own way of being able to listen to your higher self, which is where I come in. With an hour session with me, I will tap into your energy, ask your higher self what you need to hear, and then deliver that message back to you. If you're someone who is seeking clarity in their life right now, you're not sure which way to turn or what to do next, these readings are for you. Sign up for a channeled message with me today at ourmanifestationjourney.com slash Mickey Channeling. That's our manifestation journey.com slash Mickey Channeling. M I C K I C H A N N E L I N G. Your higher self is calling. Will you answer? I'm ready when you are. And now back to the show. Corey and Caitlin. Hi, guys. Thank you so <laughs> much for coming on the show. Sam and I have been talking about this actually for a little while. I think right off the heels too of Heather and uh, Whitney, because they're friends with you guys. So it's just like... It's really cool. Yeah, I love... We've got this like local energy happening with the show right now. And it's... I am digging it. Mm-hmm. So I'm so grateful that the both of you are here. Thank you for being here. Thank yeah. You. Thank you for having us. All right. Let's get into the fun stuff. Um, (laughs) so, I mean, it is actually really cool to mention too. I feel like it's important, uh, just for our background and our history. Caitlin, we used to share the bus with you. (laughs) Yeah. So we had elementary school. In elementary school. Like, how long were our bus rides? Like 45 minutes or something silly? Like, Mm -hmm. we'd be sitting there. We didn't go to the same school. No. No. Um, No. But all of you three, like your younger sister living here was on the bus. Yeah. Um, and you were the coolest. You were the nicest. We were, I remember sitting in the back seat with yeah. Sam. Like, yeah, I don't remember how old I was. Maybe grade seven. Yeah, but you were like oh the God. nice, the mm-hmm. nice, cool older kid. You know, <laughs> I didn't realize how how what year were you born? Like how eighty nine? I think we're the same age. Yeah, maybe you're older than me. No, no, the same age. You're the same age. Yeah. That makes so maybe that was just my perspective. I was like, she's always so nice and cool. Did you just, and you said you guys, you guys are like the sweetest people ever. <laughs> so nice. so, well, I mean, you know, when you're on the bus with kids, you just never. It's a mixed bag in there. You never know what you're well, going to get. So. Yeah, the nice kids really stand out on the yeah. bus. <laughs> it was a I bus was kind of brutal sometimes. Like, like there were nice kids, and then there was some like bullies. Yeah, yeah. So for it's like sure. the nice kids mm-hmm. sat together. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. We're like scarred by our childhood. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, it's so cool how it's come full circle. Like we, uh, we had heard Caitlin, we'd heard your name kind of come up a couple of times with Heather and Whitney, like Corey and Caitlin and the breathwork. And I was like, oh, there's a local breathwork person. Like what? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, Corey, Caitlin. And then I think, I don't know if I looked you up or what happened or no, it was on one of their social media posts and you were tagged in it. And I was like, I know that Caitlin, like, it's just, it's crazy. This full circle, like who would have known, right. Sitting on the bus. Together, the same all those thing, years ago. Like, um, um, some friends too, that, um, like Tia and Skylar 
Yes. Mine too, that I've been on your show and know you. And yeah, like, yeah of course I know. <laughs> so weird. I mean, it kind yeah. of it's Kingston, small town. Kind of yeah. everyone knows everybody to a certain extent. But anyway, it's just really cool. We're really grateful to have you on the show and to, and to meet your partner, Corey, who we met at the Art and Soul event with Whitney and Heather that we talked about last week. I feel like at this point, I've mentioned them three times. So if you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen to Heather and Whitney because it's a really great really great conversation. Um, but yes, we were at the Art and Soul event and Caitlin, you were supposed to be there, but you were sick. So Corey <laughs> let us in a breath work and it was amazing. We have an episode on that too, where we talk about our experiences with that breath work session. And it was, yeah. it was incredible. It was like, I don't know. I mean, for me, it was a unique experience because I was pregnant and I felt like Well, you can do it. Right. You weren't able to do the actual breath work. Right. I <clears throat> I did the breath work. Yeah. Yeah. But I think what was interesting about it was we were in the setting of it was pretty interesting. Like to be in a barn with like a bunch of people Mm -hmm. and in with the the same intention and under the, the vibe of it. I don't know. That's not the right word. Just the, what we were talking about, what we were all there for was pretty powerful. Yeah. It was, it was heart opening and beautiful and amazing. We need to stop talking. You guys need to talk now. Um, <laughs> well, I'm kind of, I was thinking of setting. I just like hearing about what people, how the experiences for for folks, because I, I I don't think of myself in, and I think you know speaks. We'll, we'll think of this the same way as like doing really much of anything. Like you, your experience, and it's your like skill in it, and it's your ability, and it's your willingness to do it. So it's like everyone's is different, and right. we just like facilitate something that's pretty cool that we learned along the way. So it's always nice to hear what how people's experiences are different. Even for you, that some people that haven't had the chance to actually experience it, but have sat in on the experience itself, to then have their own version of an experience with it is it's just so cool because there's no real boundary for it, which is awesome. And then mm-hmm. in terms of manifestation, like we had been doing breath work for what like six months maybe before the pandemic hit, something like that, a few months. Anyway, we'd been doing it locally a few times. People started to get interested. Uh, but it was really like hard to tell people what that was back then because, and I know that's not that long ago, that's like three years ago, but breathwork wasn't what it is now. Right. We were still trying to tell people what it meant, like what it was right. like, how to experience it. So our classes would be like three or five people that were showing up, which was great. It was fine. We were happy to do it that way. Um, but then when everything went online and we went virtual and we're isolated, we didn't, our experience is kind of really in person. Like we can't really do it online or it didn't right. feel right to do it. And then we were kind of waiting for the right things to happen. And I think we'll talk about the space that we've developed, but, um, yeah. the first few breathwork sessions that we did coming back were like that big one with like 50 or 60 people. And then another one was like 75. So it was like, wow. oh, shit. Sorry if I can't swear on this. No, uh, you can swear. (laughs) We welcome it Uh, on this show. (laughs) So it was like, holy, holy shit. We're getting these invites to do these big, because we did a yoga festival at the same bar in there a few weeks before that. Okay. Like 75 people there or something. And then, and then that group with you guys for the uh, documentary that you did. Yeah. It was like, well, okay, I guess we're on the right path here doing the right thing. And people are people know what it is now, which is awesome. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's, I do want to ask you more about that. Like, cause we've talked about breath work before on the show and it is, it is transformative. Like it can, it, the first time I did it, I had like this crazy, like out of body experience. Um, so I have to be careful with it cause I'm really, really sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we found that breath work, we 
believe in the power of it. And it's just so cool because it's your breath. Like, you know, you have full control. It's incredible. Um, okay. So I want to hear about your journey. I want to hear about how you got to where you are today with this, this endeavor, with breath work, with psych- psychedelics, everything. I want to hear how, oh, how you got one. here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tell us your story. I feel like we have separate stories and then they come and they they merge. Let's hear it. Ooh, I'm excited. Psychedelics and manifestation, actually. Yeah. You tell it. So you you tell me first and I'll find the gaps. I'll find the gaps. Which one are we telling? Why don't you tell your story? Because you have like a story. I could take four hours talking about my You tell your version of it (laughs) and I'll fill the gaps. Am I telling a story I haven't met? Are we just going to skip there? Yeah. Why don't you tell your version of how we met and then how we met led to where we are doing what we're doing now. Yeah, and I'll okay. I'll fill in the gaps on what we missed on how we met, and then we'll talk about what we do. Good plan. So I guess I'll just say that um, I'd kind of been on like a self development journey for a long time at that point, um, like forever. Like I was always reading like self help books since I was like a kid, like from philosophy and psychology and all that stuff. I was kind of like obsessed with it, and then. I kind of had this, like, I guess I kind of think of this, like, pivotal point where I had this really long-term relationship. Um, I lived in Toronto. I went to school for art. Um, a long-term relationship. And it just, like, was one of those things where I was just, like, trying so hard to, like, make it work. And it just wasn't working and, like, took me into a pretty deep, like, um, kind of, like, broken place of myself, to be honest. And then I actually... I guess started going on a bit of a spiritual journey. Like I, I think like went on this trip with my friend, you know, backpacker in Costa Rica. Um, and I feel like that's like a really spiritual, beautiful place for me. And I just connected with nature more deeply again and connected with myself. And then I did some mushroom ceremonies with a shaman from Mexico in Toronto. And that was really powerful as well. Um, Uh and what kind what were the mushrooms like what was it like it's psilocybin psilocybin okay was it like yeah. okay well like a macro um yeah it was like a ceremony okay. um they were kind of like in pill form and okay. with, with cacao and so wow. good side um it wasn't like in the city it was like outside of the city but um okay. that was one of my, one of my most like powerful yeah psychedelic experiences i would say yeah. Um, when was it? It was in like a moment where I felt like a lot of grief and I felt like um, it was this really powerful moment of like letting go in some way. And then I ended up at that point, I was also really um, into yoga. I um, was a dancer for like my childhood, basically okay. 12 years. And then um, I kind of got away from that when I went to university. And now I'm kind of like trying to go off my whole life here, but. I'll get there quickly. No, it's <laughs> no, good. Take your time. Yeah, take like your time. this is um, amazing. It paints such a beautiful picture of who you are and where yeah, you've been. Um, so, <laughs> love you. it. Um, and then I was kind of yearning for this body connection again. Yeah, and I've always been very, um, like, aware of my body and kind of intuitive and just like, um. I had a lot of chronic pain. I had this like experience in my body that it was kind of this, like I was aware that it was expressing things to me and I needed to listen to it. 
at the same time, it was like this um, kind of storing pain, like emotional pain, past experiences, like from my childhood, probably past wow. lives that wow. I've experienced through like talking to mediums and things. But wow. Wow. <laughs> um, I've also impacted that recently. But anyways, I want to get there. <laughs> um, so through yoga, I was really um, finding lots of, a lot of healing. And I was thinking that that was the path that I wanted to to start basically so I did my yoga teacher training I did 200 hour and then I did 300 hour right after because I was just couldn't get enough and um that shifted my life like completely in a lot of ways and then I moved back to Kingston area well actually Dan Nockway for a bit um and it kind of felt like at that point I was like starting over in some ways because I was still doing my art and everything and exhibiting and things, but I, w- I kind of took that out of my identity in some ways. And I had, um, uh, how do I put this? Basically, I was like, oh, I'm going to start my, my yoga career in Kingston and Ganokwe. So I started teaching at like four studios. Okay. One in Gannon, three in Kingston, maybe four in Kingston. Anyway, some of them closed down. <laughs> um, I'll get to the juicy part though. So <laughs> I was in this area for like a year, a year and a half. And um, I was teaching, um, found an amazing community in the yoga community in Kingston. And I was teaching this one small little studio that actually closed. I was friends with the owner. And um, I was actually doing personal training with her, but I was in it. I was there in a day that I wasn't supposed to be like, I was always doing personal training with her. Um, the certain day of the week and that day I switched the day and, um, she had broken her foot and Corey was going to plan to have caught, like meet her at coffee for coffee at the studio. And it was just her and I, and she said that that day, she's like, you're, um, the strongest I've seen you in a while. Like, why don't we just not do anything physical and just like, cause I was kind of like working on my strength and working on some like personal stuff. And she's like, why don't we just like meditate and meditate on what you want in your life? Like wow, your future to be. And at that point I should say before this, before I tell you the next piece that, um, I kind of felt a little bit like broken in my like love life where I had seen another guy for a while after my previous boyfriend yeah 10 years and um I kind of felt like I couldn't love again like in that same depth yeah and I was like I just asked the universe or God or whatever you want to call it that like show me the most amount of love like show me what that is and I swear to God swear to every like (laughs) not long after okay so I'm at the the yoga studio I'm doing this meditation envisioning my life perfect life and minutes later Corey (laughs) walks in the door and I swear it was like the universe threw everything at me and I was like like I felt like I was like taking a step back and this sounds like a movie it was love at first sight (laughs) (laughs) it was love at first sight so good 
And um, yeah, he just walked in the door and talked to her. And I felt like I had no words or something. And he was so, <laughs> so nice to meet you. And I'm like, and then then i was trying to get my coat on because it was winter time and i was kind of looking back at them and he said again you know it's really nice to meet you and then and then i left and i said out loud to no one what the fuck yeah as soon as i left the building like what was that and then um i just kept thinking about him all the time and then i saw her again the week later i didn't I had the impulse to text her right away. Like, who was that? Yeah. But um, I didn't because for some reason I thought that maybe they had a relationship or something that I didn't know about or he was like an ex-boyfriend or something because he just randomly showed up with coffee, right? Right, um, right. Randomly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was air quotes. And, um, and then, yeah, a week later, uh, I'm out to yeah, they, I feel like there's more to it. I guess it kind of melds together. But, um, but basically, um, I asked like who it was because she brought him up again. And then, yeah, I asked about it and then she connected us. And then, yeah, we had a really like incredible first date. And it's basically like we were just together all the time after that. Yeah. yeah, but it's more to it. Let me tell you my side. Will, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. It feels like a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like I love it. I'm so excited. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with this and everything. And then that's led to like um, all the work that we're doing now too. So it's like a there's no difference in it. I don't think so. My background, my personal background, uh, I had uh, I had developed depression at like a decently young age, like ten to twelve. It was like fourteen, maybe like just right, right at the end of elementary school and then into high school. And then I was exposed to um, to cannabis in a way that pretty much everybody is through a friend or whatever. Yeah. But I always kind of knew like, oh, there's something special about it. It helps me feel happier in some way. And, you know, it was a combination of like friends and whatever that led to that. Uh, but I always knew there was something special about it. But I didn't really know how to process it because I was young. I didn't have anyone that taught me what right. that meant. Yeah. So then I ended up like using that through high school and then into into um post high school and eventually I would call that abuse. Like I ended up using it too much that right. it became a crutch and I wasn't really uh facing what I needed to face. Uh and then I went away to school. I was in and out of relationships and um constantly dealing with this depression that kept mounting and mounting and mounting. And then I I got into my career as in communications. I, I was in marketing for a long time. Um and I just had this constant feeling of like an underdeveloped part of myself that I, and it was specifically like a part of me as a man that wasn't there that I didn't know how to process. I didn't know how to experience. It was just this like vulnerability that wanted to come out, but like too scared to because of the, my condition past in, in competitive sports. It's just like toughen it up and like, right. you know, don't see and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So not, no fault to like, anyone in my past specifically my family my childhood is, was amazing my parents were awesome they did everything they could with what they had but there's just like it's just different generations and different experiences and other stuff inside of the home that they couldn't keep me from um mm. that i was exposed to without going into too many details i guess and then uh yeah i ended up working my first job for like quite a bit of time and but realized i always want to do my own thing and i had this pursuit to like do my own thing and do my own thing but it was always from this like really hard old place this very masculine over masculine place of like having to perform 
for everybody. It was like a combination of sort of the sports stuff and then like, you know, some stuff at school and whatnot that led me to starting my own company, which I thought I needed to do to like be successful and that led to like scaling that business really well. And it was really, really successful working with some huge brands that I thought was making me who I was. So my identity was all formed around this job or this company that I was creating, which on paper, it was great. Everyone probably from the outside thought I was happy and whatever, but that depression eventually turned into suicidal ideation. At that time, I was also with another woman who we ended up being staying together for eight years. But that also that combination of that relationship where we were both too immature for each other, that we just clashed and kept clashing, but didn't know how to, it was a codependency part of it that we didn't know how to break. And so uh, I kind of was at my wits end one year. This was like maybe six years ago. And uh, I, yeah, I, I tried a whole bunch of things. None of it worked. I was desperate. And then like one day I had heard about ayahuasca maybe a, a few months before a friend of mine, uh, he had gone down and tried ayahuasca in Costa Rica, uh, a magical place. Uh, <laughs> like you said. And, uh, and he sort of had come back and facilitated some stuff with me with, uh, with mushrooms and helped me sort of like try some things out and get a little bit clear. Cause I'd only tried things more recreationally when I was younger. And then he told me about his experience with ayahuasca. We had actually planned to go together and I bailed because I was too scared. And then he came back and told me how crazy it was in terms of the impact. And then I was, yeah, I was like December one year. I was just so depressed starting to plan now, like how I would end my life. Uh, but my brother at the time, he had had a niece, he had had a daughter, my niece. And she, when she entered my life, it was kind of like, yeah, I can't leave. I need to know this, this little girl. Uh, and I knew that like, I wouldn't do it, but these things are still persisting in me. Like I need to figure it out, but I can't do it in the ways that we know of how to deal with them here. Talk therapy and the SSR just didn't work for me. And so I, on a whim, like booked a trip 30 days later, I was in Costa Rica. Wow. Uh, participating in uh, uh, traditional ayahuasca ceremonies for specifically throughout the seven day retreat. And uh, that completely shifted my life on its head. Uh, I used to say it's like shook up the snow globe. And so what it helped me realize without going into you, you guys can let us know what you want to talk about, but I can talk about that whole experience in an hour, but uh, throughout the experiences what it allowed me to do, it connected me with um, a, the part of me that I thought was underdeveloped as a man, which was this, this vulnerable actually connection to feminine energy that I had like suppressed down because I felt like it wasn't, uh, what it meant to be a man. So I was, it was, it was jarring and alarming and shocking in a lot of ways, coupled with the craziest psychedelic you can do, I think, um, making it a bit of a wild experience that I had to really integrate and process. So I gotten a lot of these insights around like what I need to do from work, a work perspective, uh, which I've, we can talk about, but from a relationship perspective, it was showing me this woman that I was with and sort of how I needed to let her go for my life. Then she'll be fine. And that, you know, she's going to find her own people and everything's going to be great. And I need to go into my own thing. Wow. Uh, but that took quite a bit of time to like process that because yeah. with psychedelics, you get a lot of insights, but you have to actually kind of come back and take a step towards them and you can't do it all at once. And sometimes it's not super clear. So you have to work through it. So it took quite a bit of time to like work through that and and part ways with her. Um, And then once I did actually before I did, 
uh, going back to the I, one of the ayahuasca ceremonies that I had was I'm letting go of her, but someone else is coming. There's another woman coming, right. and there's a there's a, a daughter coming. There's a you're gonna have a, a child. So I've always wanted to be a father. I've always felt like called to that. And um, um, I didn't see it with this person I was with. And it was clear in the ceremony that the insights were, let her go, then someone new will come, and then you will be a dad, and you'll be specifically a, a father to a young daughter. Wow. And trigger warning, I guess, around the experience itself, it was very physical. Like, I felt like my, it felt like Rose was, like, implanted in me that night. Like, Wow. Something came to me and physically and spiritually and wow. uh, emotionally, I was connected to her at that point already. And she wasn't around for another couple of years after that. She's only 17 months now. We'll get to that, I guess. But Aww. so anyway, I came back and like had to do all these things to like reshape shape and, and, and change everything in, in my life, which took quite a bit of time. Uh, and then I started to meditate on love. So I, I was kind of doing the same thing as Caitlin, like, processing like this idea of what I want to have in a relationship and then who might be this woman that came to me briefly in that ceremony and uh as I started to do it I um oh I also uh, was given a rose quartz crystal but from mm -hmm. a friend yeah. actually the friend that introduced us and um I just kept meditating to that and I didn't know anything about any of that I also should maybe have prefaced this before but like manifestation and rose quartz and psychedelics and spirituality and all that stuff was like mumbo jumbo woo woo stuff to me yeah. i never believed it never which is totally different now but i always like to say that because it's it's an honest take and it's i think a real relatable take to most people and maybe most men too it's like um there's more there's more out there anyway so i started I everything <laughs> yeah. including the rose quartz i was like where is necklace anyway yeah <laughs> uh, but uh so i'm meditating on this rose quartz for maybe like 30 days before i meet caitlin and almost every, the first day that I really put the intention into like love and relationship, she came to me in the meditation, like not, not the idea of her, not like a figment of her, like her physical face representation, everything it was a short, brunette, long hair, big, big smile with big dimples, big brown eyes, short, specifically short. That's um, crazy. Yeah, it was wild. It was like something I couldn't. Uh, I didn't know how to comprehend, but I was just like, holy shit, that was so real and so wow. intense. What do I do with this? So I didn't really tell anybody about it, but I just kept trying it again. So in the evenings, I would just drop in and meditate and see what happens. And at that point, I had gotten really good at like being able to sit for a long period of time so I could really dive into it. And so I kept just progressing through it. And each time I would get a little bit more clarity around who she was and how I would meet her and all this stuff. So it ended up being very clear to me after a couple of weeks that uh, this friend of ours, uh, was going to be the one that introduces us. Um, and that I can't do anything about it. I have to let her come to me. So wow. I was kind of like, at this point, I'm kind of like, this is intense. It's very feeling very real. I don't know what to do with it. I'm not going to tell anyone about this because it's going to sound crazy. Uh, <laughs> and even now it sounds crazy. I'm sure to some people listening. Not to, our, like, not to our audience. Nope. Okay, cool. So <laughs> yeah. it's basically like, What's it going to hurt? It's not going to hurt anybody to like leave this. So why don't I just keep trying and see what happens? Yeah. So I just kept trying and seeing what happens. And it was very clear, okay, this friend is going to introduce us and that I can't do anything about it. I have to let her come to me. So I ended up telling this friend of ours, I said, um, you're going to introduce me to somebody. Don't try too hard. It's not going to be very hard for you. Just, just like let it happen and you'll see what happens. Looking back, it might have happened faster if I didn't tell her because she tried a little bit too hard. Right. Uh, 
Oh. And specifically, like almost a couple of days later, after I told her this, she was like, "Hey, here's this woman, like, right?" You meet. And I was like, "Well, send me a picture of her because I, I, I can tell you if it's her or not." And uh, <laughs> I don't know all the details about it, but she sent me this person who was a tall blonde woman, and I was like, "No, sorry, like I don't really want to meet her because it's not, it's not the person. Let's keep trying or whatever." Um, oh my god! <laughs> so she was kind of like thrown off by it because I didn't give her all the details, but I just said no, and I had to also say like it's not because of her looks or anything. I just know it's not her. Um, so I just waited and waited. And then, yeah, one day, uh, I think I'm on your path now. So one day I'm downtown in the studio that she was, at was downtown and I was just getting coffee for myself and our friend, yeah, she had broken her ankle. And so also at the, not really my style to just like spontaneously think of someone and want to do something good for them. Um, although I think I'm a nice kind of person, but it just wasn't in me. Like I usually like my days are so stacked and timing yeah. is like, yeah. Spontaneously, I just said, Hey, you want a coffee? And she said, Yeah, come by. I'm with a client. Um, I'm at the studio. Just come by and we can hang out. So I get her a coffee. I go to the studio. I open the door and then Kim's sitting on the mat. And I'm like, Oh shit, it's her. And I was like, like, like dumbfounded, like, like didn't know what to do. Uh, and then our friend is like trying to introduce us. I guess I was suave enough to be like, Really nice to meet you, but I don't remember any of that. I just so remember charming. being like clamming up. And also at the same time, you know, being in that space for like 30 days before, knowing that maybe it could happen, not thinking it could happen that quickly and thrown off by it completely. But remembering like, can't do anything, don't worry about it. But I just like didn't have that letting go uh, ability. So I had to be like, really nice to meet you. Just so that she like knew it was really nice to meet her. But I didn't know what had happened. Like what she described, I didn't know that any of that had happened. I just yeah. knew that it was her and had to let go. So then my friend and I, our friend and I had, we had a, had a coffee. I don't remember what happened. I was just thinking about her the whole time. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, I go home and then I just wait. I'm like, what's going to happen? So I just go back into the meditation. I take the rose quartz out. I'm just sitting there with it. Like, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. And then a week later, two weeks later, maybe a friend, our friend says, maybe, maybe less than a week. Yeah. yeah. Text me. She's like, you know, that woman at the studio uh question mark in a text and i'm like yeah that's her send me her message send me her contact information wow. uh she was like oh yeah she was asking about you like could i put you guys in touch and our friend at the time like really i think wanted to play cupid in the whole thing so she was gatekeeping <laughs> it. And i was like no just like give me her <laughs> so uh yeah then we got texted like all the time constantly Aww. like all day and it felt like we had known each other forever yeah. like we got like past lives type thing Oh, and our first oh, well, date. I was you probably skipped ahead to our first date. Yeah, I was a bit for work, and then I had a bachelor party that I was at, so I couldn't. We couldn't meet up. It was like a week or two later. Yeah, so there was like a bit of time where we were just texting a bit, and then we had connected, and our friend let us have the studio, and it was a holiday, so there wasn't really anything open. I guess it was Memorial Day. It was in May. I have no idea. Yeah, I think it was it was Memorial Day. So we went to the space, met up where we had first initially met, and we all brought each other. We didn't know this, but we brought each other gifts for each other and yeah. um, did a meditation together. And then like same, came... like both wooden gifts, like weird things. Like he brought me this necklace that he had gotten Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh. it's like, oh, it's like a, a onk, which is like a key of life kind of thing, mm -hmm. which is also kind of beautiful. Yeah. You think about it, how it turned out in our life. <laughs> and then the other thing was, um, I had these like keychain of like this wooden yin yang and I had my, my own on my keychain and I had this other one and didn't give it to anyone. I even dated other people. Wow. Whatever friends, no one didn't give it to anyone. 
but I had brought it to our date intending to give it to him. Mm. Wow. And he gave me this necklace and I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah. I had this other wooden thing. Like it was just really bizarre. And the connection to that and the connection to the masculine and feminine part. With yeah. The yes. Yes. There's so much, there's so much to it all. Wow. So I'll just skip forward a little bit. So we had dinner that we hung out that day, the whole day, that dinner like, that we night. All the way at night. Yeah. Like just talked all day. We, we know, know we know the feeling. Yeah, that's yeah. true. We know and the feeling like with our partners, lunch. it's the same, the same yeah. connection. No where, no. no, it's like you, you meet. Me like that. Yeah. yeah, and that's it. Yeah. You're like, hey, well, we're it's like the right. longest yeah. date ever, but really not in a bad way. Do you know what I mean by that? It's oh, yeah. like it just kept yeah. going. Yeah, and on, going. and on and on that's, and on and that's on both and on. of our experiences yeah. too. Where it's like, yeah, oh, okay, so now we're best friends and we'll hang out every day as much as possible. Amen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then have yeah. baby. Yeah, yeah, the dog and yeah. Fast forward, I guess we're we had our daughter Rose, who was the the, the baby of my psychedelic trips. Uh, yeah, and uh, and we're now working together on a lot of cool stuff too. And so that like probably comes back to the work stuff. But we talked a lot, so I don't know if there's any golden threads you guys want to pull on other than the work stuff. Ah, oh, no, I mean, I just loved hearing that. Whole that was a really beautiful story. Thank loved it. Like, <laughs> so inspiring and so centered. Like, mm. I just love it as it's just a woo woo love story. Yeah. <laughs> I just love it. Oh. Hey, that should be the name of the movie. What movie? A woo woo love story. This movie? Yeah. Their movie? <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to make a movie about your yeah, love story. Yeah, I think Mickey wants I'm to make, call like, it a woo woo love story. <laughs> Woo-woo. Okay, great. There was tons of stuff that was like really woo-woo when we first started dating too. Like I my car tire blew and I was texting him. Like it literally like burst when I was driving. Like I just pulled over. And no, it's different than that. I had a I had a my sensor light in my car tire. I called I texted you and you but I texted you and said, Are you okay? I just right. had this feeling that something was off. I said, are you okay? And she said, actually, my tire just blew. I'm on the side of the 401. And I said, is it the left front tire by chance? Because that was the sensor that was going on. And she was like, yeah, how'd you know? What? I was like, I had no it idea. All the time. <laughs> it still happens all the time. And our baby, oh. too, like, um, her name is Rose, or Rosie, we call her Rosie. But um, roses were showing up everywhere. I was dreaming about roses. Mm-hmm. I... Um, we moved into a house. The only thing that was on the walls was like this little rose hook. Wow. Wow. Um, we went to a store and bought a new like mattress and the guy gave us a rose. Weird stuff. Like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So cool. Um, it happened all the time. Still so happens. Yeah. yeah. It's so beautiful. And like that, that feminine, feminine symbol. Yeah. For you, Corey, like you tapping into your feminine, and then your daughter's name is Rose. That's the feminine. It's the greatest thing ever. It's the greatest thing. It's the gushiest, like, so- oh my God. I'm so soft and like, I don't know. She makes me just melt. Um, mm-hmm. just thinking about her. But, well, yeah, that's been the whole thing for me is like this connection to the divine feminine within me as a man, uh, which is like still hard to say even. Uh, cause mm. it comes with this judgment that I have for myself in hearing someone say that, uh, right. personally. So just being honest, but, uh, it's just, I just keep stepping into it, I guess. I actually think we've gone through so much healing too. Like, mm. um, I can say that I never knew what unconditional love was until I met Corey. Right. Like, 
ever. Like obviously my family loves me and like I had a great family, but like it didn't feel like completely complete acceptance. Yeah. Um completely like wanting to know like my deepest self, like having working on communication together and stuff like that. Um yeah. it's hard to explain. It's been we, really we get it. me. Yeah. We understand. Spiritual. Spiritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 We, we, I totally understand that. That was actually my vows to Mason when we got married. I was like, you, mm-hmm. you taught me how to love someone. Like you are the one that taught me how to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's this, you know, expansive, like all consuming, um, just this place of peace and security and comfort and like, stability i don't know it's hard to explain it really unless you're a part of it but we get it (laughs) we both we both experience that that. and it's it's unique and it's very special to so to find other couples that have the same thing is pretty rare Um, congratulations yeah you do it's just so great and it's you know what's great about this episode too is if somebody's listening that doesn't have that it's like guys this exists well this is i think it's important for us to share how it feels Because Mm -hmm. I I think people don't even do that because they're afraid to even ask. Well, they're afraid to to be to be boasting about their relationship, right? Yes. I we can't have honest conversations about how in love we are because we know that a lot of people don't get to experience that. So we just don't talk about it at all. But the problem with that is we don't get to share and show people what What's it feels possible. like. Yeah. And like tapping into what it feels like is how people are going to receive it and also learn how to give it. So it's right. such an important exactly. topic. You know, yeah, the only way you can change anybody's yeah. mind is to show them how you changed yours. And yeah. so you have to tell the story about the experience that you've gone through, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a huge storyteller, as you guys already know, but we feel the same way about this, but also about the pregnancy experience that we had was like yeah. a very special and it felt like you couldn't tell people. But you can't tell, because all the stories of pregnancy are like these war yeah. stories, right? Which is yeah. like, yeah. like our first, like was pretty, yeah. like, obviously it was really tough, but like, it was one of the easier, very easy births for, compared to other people. Yeah. And like, I'm just so reluctant. Like, I want to tell people, especially people that are pregnant. Like, yeah. oh my God, you know what? Don't worry. Like, yes. Yeah. I'm one of those people time. too. I, I loved both like of my labors. Yeah, yeah. I loved my experiences. I was like really fearful and like um, had to process all that fear before giving birth. Mm-hmm. So then I felt like we could like set ourselves up for that. Um, and postpartum is obviously like way more challenging. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, it, it's just sad that you can't tell people the good. See, people tell people the good all the time, like on social media, but it doesn't seem real or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And love somehow seems taboo, even though. Yeah, it's the most important thing, and I think in the universe. Yes, yeah, what's feeling thing? Yeah, but people yeah. just they get triggered by it. They don't want to hear it, or they don't believe yeah. in it. Like I remember being in my my previous relationship, and I used to say like, "No, I want true, unconditional, loving, supportive love." And it was a very dysfunctional relationship. And he was like, "Keep dreaming. That doesn't exist." And I was like. Yes, it does. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, you know, looking at I think like, the, the belief helps, right? Yeah. I'm like, you know, I was so like, excited I want, to see, like, my camera's love. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I want the movie love. I want that love. And they're like, that doesn't exist. I'm like, yes, it does. Like, and I was like determined to find it. Of course, my next partner, we do experience that movie love and we're so grateful for each other every day. And it's like, it does exist. Like if I could scream it from the rooftops, it's like, <laughs> it does exist. Like there's somebody out there that will 
accept you and love you and support you and challenge you in, in a kind way, right? Like in a way that like evolves you, not in a way that puts you down. And like, I could talk about that all day long. So well, funny. You talked about, you talked about the movies just for one second. One of our things is we love, I, I fall asleep at every movie except for rom-coms now all of a sudden. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so we've, actually, we've got a database of our favorite rom-coms. We're, like, I love it. We're obsessed with them. But in terms of the movie thing, it's like, yeah, I want that movie thing at the end. And everybody's experience is actually like that movie thing. They just don't get to the end. Right. Because mm-hmm. right. they're, they're asleep, maybe, what might be the analogy for it. But if they if they trust and if they wait, then right. that end of the rom-com, which is always, well, most often, a, a positive experience, that can, true love can be there, I think. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. You can't give up. So keep watching, keep watching the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is normalized in our culture to spend money on birthdays, weddings, and funerals. But why don't we invest in our labor? The most intense, magical, life-altering spiritual event of a woman's life. Think about it. This should be treated like the miracle that it is. You wouldn't just start running a marathon on the day of the race, would you? No, you would prepare your mind and body for this physical and intense event. Labor is exactly the same thing. Mickey here, if you didn't guess already. As you are probably aware, I am currently pregnant with my third baby boy. So yes, that means I have had the pleasure of birthing my two sons, George, who is four, and Charles, who is turning three very soon. And yes, you heard me right. I said pleasure. Both of my labors were actually pleasurable because of this amazing program. I am so excited to introduce it to you. The program is called Love Your Labor. When I initially heard the name of this program, I thought it was nuts, but it turns out I actually genuinely loved both of my labors. And I know that sounds crazy, but I'm actually looking forward to doing it again. I know, just like, let me explain. The creator of Love Your Labor program, Corinne Brown, was a naturopathic doctor and a doula before she started her online business, Brown Roots Love. After having three boys of her own and being on the front lines in labor and delivery, Corinne has created an incredible program for giving you everything you need to have an enjoyable, empowered, and beautiful labor experience. Not only does she give you practical ways to prepare your mind and body, but she even has a module to help manifest, like manifest your ideal labor conditions, complete with meditations and visualizations. How perfect is that? I have used this program twice before and Mason and I will be using it again this time around. Love Your Labor taught me how to physically prepare my body, how to handle contractions with breathing patterns, acupressure points, and even put myself in positions where Mason could help. He was absolutely integral to my laboring process. He was able to actually cut my pain in half with a specific technique that she teaches you. With knowledge on how my hormones work, I was able to progress my labor quickly, both times, which actually blew my midwives' minds. (laughs) They were like stunned on how much I knew and how quickly I progressed in both of my labors. I was so educated about how labor works that I could communicate clearly to my team what I wanted and genuinely enjoy the entire experience. It absolutely changed my life. With Love Your Labor, you get six modules, one for labor prep, partner prep, breastfeeding, birth prep, 
how to overcome obstacles, birth manifestation, and protocols for everything you can think of, like natural induction, medical induction, epidural relief, cesarean relief, VBAC support, and so much more. You deserve to have a beautiful birth experience. For me personally, it's the most spiritual experience I've ever had in my life. And investing in your knowledge, confidence, and mindset now will not only improve your personal experience, but it will energetically support the new little soul that has chosen you as a gateway into this physical world. Whether you want to have this baby at home or in the hospital, this program will give you everything you need to make informed decisions about your labor. That's the key to having a beautiful labor process. You need to be educated and informed. You need to feel empowered going in. Make your birth experience something to treasure for years to come and purchase Love Your Labor today. And for you, OMJ listener, make sure to enter the code OMJ for $100 off your purchase. Yes, you heard me right. $100 off if you type in the code OMJ. Just use the links in the show notes and it'll direct you to exactly where you need to go. Sending you and your little one all of my love, Mickey. And now back to the show. Okay, so I want to give some some room for the project that you guys are working on here in Kingston. We need to talk about it, like how it evolved and what your mission is. Like, yeah, at the floor. It's also, a uh, manifesting Yeah, you should start. You start this because you. Okay, you fill the gaps on this one. You manifested this. Let's be real. You're, he is like manifestor, and he is the ultimate manifestor I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. I love it. You have so many stories of manifestation. Like you could just go for hours, but I'll just like. Okay, yeah. So the idea for this center has been in the works for a long time, especially since coming back from that first ayahuasca experience, where again, like you get kind of these insights. And I'd seen these insights of a facility, me in front of folks, me and working with others in a space, kind of not super clear, not as clear as this one. So it's been like a little bit longer to figure out. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's also been in the ether for a lot of different folks. And so there's a group of us, not just Caitlin and I, that are involved in this. Um, but a friend of mine, he's also a psychotherapist and had been my psychotherapist for a little bit. And I had done some work with him. Uh, he's been involved in the, uh, psychedelic underground space for many years. He started the first, uh, Kingston psychedelic society, uh, here, uh, 10 or 15 years ago, I think. Alexis, stop listening to our conversations, Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's also a weird alert that comes on. But anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's taking the wrong yeah. But um, so we had uh, he had started this underground community, really amazing community that he had built. Uh, just meeting up, not doing anything, but just talking about their experiences, sharing ideas, how that it can grow and evolve and spread education. And then I got involved after coming back from my own experiences, wanting to get involved in more meaningful work. I had shut down all of my agency work. I pretty much shut my whole business down and just went on this 18-month journey of trying to figure out what I wanted to do for work and life and everything. And I found myself in the plant medicine and psychedelic space, helping a, a group uh, build a retreat center down in Costa Rica and uh, a big like 300-acre plant medicine farm. And uh, that was kind of wedging up against the pandemic. And uh, so the funding kind of was gone for that project. So I had to kind of rebalance and refigure out what I wanted to do, I guess. And then this opportunity came up to start 
to become the first executive director of the Canadian Psychedelic Association, which is a nonprofit advocating for psychedelics as, as therapy here in Canada. Um, so I took that job, a year contract, and uh, really, you know, did a lot of awesome, cool stuff with them, I think, um, helped them build their community, build up their like nonprofit logistics and structure. Um, and uh, we ended up at the beginning of this year getting some of our work in partnerships with others allowed for uh, legal medical access to psilocybin. So we're kind of on that path to legalization. I'd seen that. I also found myself in a bureaucratic role. That's not me. I'm more creative and more, yeah, flowy and, and more right. manifester of stuff within me. And I knew that that wasn't space for it. So I uh, decided not to extend my contract and then just took some time to figure out what I wanted to do. And ended up now I'm working at a, a charity in Toronto now, um, building a, a, a new platform for psychedelic storytelling to allow for folks to come and share their stories of experience oh, to help exchange insights about the experience. Amazing. So it's not just like academic education or, you know, data from research and things like right. that. Cool. But then also in that same time, it was like, what can we do here in Kingston? Like, how can we make Kingston this hub for psychedelics? Because it's perfectly located between Toronto and Ottawa, Syracuse, New York. Um, we also, within an eight hour radius of Kingston, we reached 43 million people, which is the third largest in, in the GDP. So we, we have this really unique location here. But then in addition to that, when you go into the community itself, we have probably one of the largest per capita psychedelic communities in all of Canada, if not the world, maybe. Um, we have an academic institution that's now on board with all of this. We have really great palliative care, um, that's working towards understanding this a little better. We have the hospitals that are really starting to get on board with this. And we have the the three colleges and universities that are trying to understand this a little bit too. Right. And uh, the largest military base in all of Canada, which is a huge population for mental health that are, you know, in need of, yes. of new, new alternatives. Yeah. So it's like, wow, Kingston can really do something here. So we ended up bringing a, a conference here. I was part of organizing a conference that landed here at Queens. And that kind of really was the catalyst for what's happened now oh, where it was called catalyst yeah. conference yeah, yeah. What was it called? oh that's great it's called yeah. catalyst yeah and uh at that time i was meeting with my therapist friend of mine i'd been manifesting and drawing this out for many years wow. uh and then uh uh also we, we we ended up meeting with this other woman uh who's connected to queens and through some other amazing things her name is sherry and uh, i told her over coffee one day hey this is what i would love to have happen here in kingston this is my idea and caitlin's idea that we've been spinning up for a long time how can we do this? And she said, Oh yeah, leave it with me. We'll like, we'll figure this out. And I didn't think anything of it. Fast forward to the conference a few weeks later. And I'm, I walk into the doors of the conference and I know a lot of the folks from my work and stuff. So people are coming up to me going, Oh, congrats on the space you got. Congrats on the space. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then I see Rich and he's like, Hey man, we got the space. And I'm like, what, what's going on? And then I look over and Sherry pops up and she's waving it over at me. And I go over and she's like, yeah, we got the space. Like, so the uh, the city was awarded a $10 million grant from this FedDev uh, health innovation grant through the government of Canada. And um, they are essentially trying to bring health innovation to Kingston. And Sherry pitched the idea of psychedelic healthcare and uh, was trying to find ways for us to get resources to open a space. So and they have this... Like distributed to hospitals and different places across Kingston. Yeah, the $10 million was spread across uh, University Health Network, uh, Queens, uh, the city, Kingston Economic Development, and right. St. Lawrence. Okay. And, uh, well, we're part of, we're like, yeah, we've been using some of the resources. So they gave us the space for two years rent-free. To, wow. I like, there's many w things wrapped around it, but essentially to bring psychedelic health care to Kingston wow. uh, in a way that 
follows the regulatory uh, evolution, uses what we currently have, and to kind of wrap it around for us, it's wrapping it around this idea of social wellness, not just about psychedelics, because psychedelics are one tool. There are many other tools that could onboard someone into psychedelics if they want, but also get the same benefits of a psychedelic experience without having to necessarily go all the way if they don't feel comfortable with right, it. Right. So we've got this free space for two years uh, to give us some freedom to build this out. And so we're currently testing some different experiences for folks to build a model for social wellness, which will eventually include uh, a membership to a community of in-person and probably virtual experiences and gatherings to allow for a lot of that uh, interpersonal relationships between one another in our community that we lost through COVID, for example. Yeah. Uh, also to give access to uh, lower income or uh, marginalized communities to help them come into the space as well. So that membership will be tiered to have help folks that have the means to be able to support others that don't. Right. So there's a whole like social give yeah. back wow. to it as well. And then there's like, yeah, then there's a lot that we want to do in terms of training as well, because we're, we're a small group, uh, but this is going to come really quickly. Like there's an 18 month wait right now for a psychologist in Kingston. Once psychedelics wow. become legal, which could be in the next two years, potentially, I think that is going to skyrocket and we might be on a two year, maybe three year wait list for a psychologist. So we need not just the psychologist to be trained up where that is all happening now at the university level, right. but we need supporters, guides, sitters, doulas, uh, support workers, different folks that can have some ability to help someone through an experience if they decide to go down that path. So we got some training opportunities, some programming opportunities, some membership type uh, programming that we're developing. And then hopefully taking some of my connections and some of all of our connections into different spaces across Canada and hopefully internationally to be able to do retreats and things like that as well. Right. And the psychedelics that are done on site are is cannabis. Yeah. Right. Um, psychedelics because in a certain container it has a psychedelic function. Yeah, and that's a really good point to mention because we talk about psychedelics and obviously Canada and um, often cannabis is not included in that discussion. Right. Right. But it it is it's maybe one of the most universal plant medicines, and so we have a really cool container that has been created to allow for cannabis to be that vessel for the psychedelic experience. And so there's a lot of education that's going to come with that. The intentional use of cannabis is, was not there when we legalized it. So right. we have a, a little bit more to do on it. But and yeah, there's so. also some discussion of um, some partnership that will be doing potentially clinical trials for psilocybin. Oh, I want to mention oh. that. So, yeah, I don't think, Am I, I don't, are we not allowed to yet? It's okay. Oh, well, I think we can mention there's the, the largest. <laughs> Okay, it's okay. The largest, obviously, the largest. I love it. The largest awesome. study of its kind in the world is is happening here in Canada, and uh, I won't get into all the details about it yet. But we're hoping to be the Ontario base for those that need to have access. There's ten thousand people that need to go through this study, so okay. we're hoping to be the Ontario. We're, we, I think, we are going to be the Ontario um, operators for that. So. Hopefully we can do all of it out of Kingston. We're trying to find some more space that's bigger to allow for it. Um, right. But yeah, it's, it's, we're hopefully, I guess we're being a part of history with, with this, which is really cool. It's amazing. Like, what you guys are doing is absolutely amazing. Like mm -hmm. you're pushing the needle forward on, you know, <laughs> it's like such a, a gentle healthcare, you know, mm -hmm. like, and it's not post. It's like, it can be used to, um, 
maintain or what's the word I'm looking for? Like it's, you know, our healthcare system is based on like, you know, what happens when things go horribly wrong and like, it's all after, right? It's all after, but like what you're doing, I mean, I'm sure it's used for after as well to heal trauma and whatever else, but it could also be like you said, like a, like it's a community space. It's a way to connect with people. It's a way to deal with smaller T trauma or whatever else, like just to make you a more balanced and healthy person. Like it's, I'm, I'm so interested in psychedelics too. Like, I feel like that alone could be a conversation that we have for the next like four hours. Like, and other countries have been using these for thousands of years. Obviously there's a different like tradition with those ones. And, um, in some ways, a modern culture had like, modern maybe western culture has kind of adapted it with therapeutic use and different um models i guess for that yeah um but i do think that my experiences on different plant medicines like there's and from what i've heard from other people it's like a universal kind of connection with nature and with each other with ourselves yes yes and it connects us to like a deeper humanity and a deeper connection with nature that i think is um, but the thing I'm most excited about, and I think is important for the evolution of us as a species and as a planet. Absolutely. Yeah. Just on like the culture perspective, um, psychedelics right now are only kind of being considered for like the healthcare system. Yeah. But psychedelics have the potential to span all parts of culture. And so um, we're trying to figure out how we can just like play with that a little bit so that we're, we're not uh, avoiding all just even just like the different communities that need access to this more than just everyone needing access to right, this right. it's a touchy subject but one of the elements that's very important to us and i think if i can just get on my pedestal about it for a second is the connection to the indigenous communities mm-hmm. what caitlin mentions that these medicines have been used for thousands and thousands of years we're just now trying to put them into the container of the biomedical model and that, to me, is not the right approach. I think that that is an, an approach, and it will work for a lot of folks that really need that Western yeah. white doctor, right, you know, right, white white coat doctor, probably a white doctor, describing <laughs> uh, prescribing this as a as a drug, as a right. clinical fluorescent right. lights, you know, yeah. like no real connection to it. Where what we're trying to do is nurture the best of who we are. Which is right. which takes everybody else's experiences into account. So psychedelics have that potential, and those they've been used for thousands of years, not in a one-on-one individual setting, but in a community setting. So everything we are trying to do is in that community setting. We're also doing our best uh, to appreciate and respect the the elders and traditions of the past, and, right. and we're bringing them in and help and allowing them to help guide us. Yeah. And then oftentimes when they want to and when they feel the relationship is there to lead the way, yeah. not us lead the way because right. they've already been doing this. So we don't have to create anything new. We just have to merge with a new paradigm that's being created. Right. And, uh, and doing it in group allows us to, um, to really have a bigger impact. Uh, what I like to think is that all of this is really doing is helping us develop better nervous system response and our ability to work with our nervous systems. And when we do that together, we actually create a shared nervous system, which totally advances that capability. It it, it enhances our ability to understand ourselves better by seeing ourselves and others, by getting other people's opinions, but it's not in that opinionated, authoritative, top-down sort of way. And so... Co-regulation almost like babies do. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah exactly I mean, yeah we can spend all day on, on all that right like that i don't know it's just uh 
we like to think we all have this figured out and I, and I'm coming from that place right now too, saying what I think is the right way to do it. But, um, this has never been done before, um, in this, in this way where we're doing it here in Canada and the U S but it has been done before for thousands of years in other right. cultures. And so we have to make sure we bring that with us. Uh, and in fact, I think, you know, have that be the, the leading approach. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I think small town, little Kingston could be, you know, it can be a hub for something much bigger. And and we don't need to be known as the limestone city. We can be known as the, you know, the socially well community where you can come and heal and help others along the way yeah. through your journey. I love that. Okay. This is so crazy because it's not like you're like, um, you went into ayahuasca and you came back and you're like, I want to heal people with psychedelics and you know maybe you start something at like a retreat center and you like go out in the middle of a field and you build like an eco cabin and you're just like yeah we have like 20 people that come like couple you're like no we're changing we are the landscape of the whole Canada (laughs) (laughs) well I I like when you bring that up because that happens all the time mm -hmm, that people 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 come back and I've been guilty of coming back and being like everyone needs to dry ayahuasca yeah yeah, I hear, I've heard a hundred hours of stories the last month or two on all of this yeah. stuff. And so yeah. definitely that that happens, right? And so we have to make sure that when we're talking about this, there's, there's like proper integration. It takes time to come back. Right. Time to take those insights and make them ordinary. By that, I mean, we all have an ordinary life. And the insights that you get from these crazy wild experiences, they still have to be integrated and merged with what you're currently doing. You can't go off and all of a sudden be this guru. Because yeah. it takes time to get to a place where you can be your own guru. Right. And that's the, that's, yeah. I think at the end of the day, the lesson for me has been there's a, there's talk in the psychedelic space around these two pieces that are very important, which is set and setting. Have you guys heard of that before? I, I probably, but elaborate. Yeah. So there's the idea of set, which is your mindset and your physical body set going into the experience. And then the setting is the actual physical experience, the things that are in that experience, the set the sensory elements of it and the people that are there. So those are very important. There's a lot of coaching up around that, how that's how you prepare and make sure you're there. But the two components that we have felt that are missing are skill and support. And so taking ourselves out of being like, Hey, we can open this camp up and you can come worship us and we'll cure you of everything. Right. Instead of, instead of saying we have the answers, we say you have the answers and here are some things that can help you find those things for yourself, which is building skills to allow for, again, that, increased level of nervous system awareness and skill to help yourself through those emotional experiences yeah. that we all face every single day. Yeah. So that's the skill part of it that we have to make sure is a part of everything we do so that we don't be seen. We aren't seen as those guru fake things right. that aren't really doing anything for anyone. And this, there's no, there's no connection to any indoctrination. This is your thing. And we actually should be putting ourselves out of business because everyone is, you know, able to do this for themselves. Mm-hmm. And the other element of that is is support. And so that's the the peer-to-peer support element of it, which allows for a deeper sense of healing that isn't, again, someone top-down telling you how to heal. Right. It's you learning from one another and going through the experiences together and sharing in that vulnerability that allows for more uh, freedom for healing to exist. But right. again, it exists within you, not within me in any form. Right. Or with, I think so. That's how I, that's how I view it. I think it's very important that we talk about that because we have the opportunity to transform ourselves. And when I say transform, I don't even like to use the word healing because it's a little bit polarizing. So I say transformation and healing can be a part of that, but it could also be like creative 
development, like as an artist or professional right. development as a right. as an entrepreneur or you know personal development that's in that self work that we had talked about before yeah. or relationships. We have a lot of passion for doing stuff, you know, for uh, family systems. So yeah, changing perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess like what I meant really by my comment was not like, I mean, what you brought up was really important and definitely should be talked about. But I guess what I wanted to highlight was your ambition yeah. to bring this to a mass group of people and to also change the systems that are active in place. And like, that's so commendable yeah, and like... <laughs> congratulations like that's kind of like the point i wanted to make was like that you decided to expand this even further than your community than a community of your own making like you decided to bring this to a larger community so oh yeah. thank you the word uh passion comes to mind right it was what you're describing yeah. i think like for me the word passion it comes from the root word i think party or perta i can't remember exactly what it is how it's pronounced but it actually meant struggle and so passion comes from struggle and we've all had our levels of struggle and anyone that has a passion for anything, it comes from some level of struggle, in my opinion. So yeah. it's just knowing my own place and, you know, sharing the things that I think are interesting that have helped me and then, yeah, take it or leave it too, right? It's like, maybe this is cool for you, but maybe it isn't. And <laughs> if, if, if it is and more people want to hear about it and want to get involved, which so it seems at this point with everything we're doing, then it hasn't really felt like hard anymore. It just feels like aligned and. People yeah. are open to it. Speaking yeah, the way of which, been, oh, you go ahead, Caitlin. I was just thinking like the way it's been evolving too has been very um, organic and yeah. kind of flowing. And yeah. we've been taking it like somewhat slow. And every time we kind of come across any resistance, we're like, okay, we'll listen. And, yeah. you know, we'll just continue like this way. And then the right people come. When people have been wanting to get involved, volunteering, people wanting to get involved, like renting the space because we want to grow the community that way as well. Um, yeah. So it's actually, yeah, it's been fun. It's been exciting. So yeah, great. slow, smooth, and smooth as fast is our motto. Yeah. <laughs> we also have town halls. Like we have, we're doing events um, every month to kind of bring in education because that's one of our pillars. It's really important as well. Because um, harm reduction, kind of education is important in psychedelics for sure. And the same it's becoming kind of more popular. Yeah, yeah just this is bringing creating space, free access where anyone can come and learn. And we don't have enough room in our space, which has been nice. So we're doing an event next week at Queens, for example. We're doing more at Queens so we can have, you know, 80 to 100, 150, hopefully more over time where they can show up and have a voice in this where we're not showing up and being like, hey, this is everything we know and you should listen to this. It's like, yeah. here's some things we found that we think are cool that we can do here in Kingston. And what are your take? What's your take on that? And where right. could we evolve and learn more? Cause at the end of the day, we're all just becoming more of who we are and we can always learn from others in how to do that most in the most balanced way where again, it doesn't feel like pressure or right. force. It's just inclusive of as many people as, as we can with a boundary setting, right? As, as long as we're not harming ourselves or anyone else in that process. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, and as I was going to say before, like, that's a perfect segue into how do people talk to you? <laughs> how do people reach out to you? Where do they find you? Um, give us all of the information on how people can reach out and get involved. Yeah. So I think the first place that's like just a really great place to get started is the Kingston Psychedelic Society, which is on Facebook. It's a Facebook group. 
it's just a really good crew of people sharing information, exploring. We try to do a, a monthly or bi-monthly town hall, psychedelic town hall, which again, just a chance to like download some information, interact, network one another. And then um, uh, NUMA is the name of the center. Uh, it's called the Center for Social Wellness uh, from everything we talked about before, but the website is numacenter.com. And N-E-U-M-A. Yeah. yeah. I'll put it in the show notes. So they could, yeah. 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 And then, uh, my email is coreyfirth at gmail.com. I, I don't have a problem taking emails from anyone that might be interested in learning more. Um, I'm on like all the social places. If that's interesting, just Corey Firth, me, and then Caitlin Chisholm is where you're all at. I don't know. Is there anything else? Uh, that's, yeah, that's how it reads. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so good. Well, I honestly, I don't feel like this is the end of the conversation for us because I have more questions. I have more questions. Yeah. This, there may, there might have to be a part two with this conversation. Um, but well, we had a podcast we started at the beginning of the pandemic called Innate and Us before we even had a baby. Yeah. And it was, it was, uh, kind of trying to create a, like a, a, a audio time capsule for Rose so that she could see Aww. what life was like as we were getting ready for her kind of thing. That's We've talked about spinning awesome. it back up, but if we do, we'd love to have both of you guys on at some point. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely have you guys back because this is I feel like we've just literally scratched the surface on this. Yeah. And I have way more questions. And plus, like we want to continue to promote what you're doing here in the local community and help you achieve that vision that you have for Kingston and it's you know, its position in the world with psychedelics and mm-hmm. self-healing and all of that stuff, because we're big believers in the self-empowerment, really, right? Like we've got a course coming out at the time of this recording uh next week. And that's what it's about. It's about empowering people to like take control of their lives and feel good about themselves and have confidence and go after their dreams and their goals. And like that's really what this is all about. It's not giving people fish, it's teaching them how to fish, right? Like that's kind of the whole, the whole thing. So I love, we love what you guys are doing and, you know, we're so happy to support you in any way, shape or form. Um, we will put all of this information in the show notes because yeah, people need to know how to get involved. Um, and I just genuinely want to thank you both for your time and for answering the call, you know, like being brave enough to, to do it. Right. Like, like you said, there's like an underground psychedelic scene because people clearly believe in it, but the way culture and society works right now, it it isn't legal, but you're working on it being legal and you're proving why it needs to be legal. And we need passionate people like you that are going to be warriors for this and help people make their own lives better. So thank you for everything that you're doing on behalf of, you know, humanity. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Making humanity better with what you're doing. Yeah, I say that. And just to add to it all, as we need love, because I wouldn't be doing anything that I'm doing now without her. And I imagine you guys are in a similar situation. So let's yeah. just you can leave it as that. Just, just love more love. All you need. That sounds corny, but that's it's all true. We need. It's yeah. it is true. Like I love it is that the you said most that. powerful frequency, though, right? Like, yeah. If we're gonna go into Joe Dispenza, which will be a whole other conversation. Oh, oh yeah. we love Joe Dispenza too. Oh my yeah. God, obsessed. Yeah. So we know how powerful the love frequency is. Yeah, yeah, so good. We're definitely gonna have a part two for sure. Okay. Um, but thank formally, thank you both so much for coming on. We just so appreciate okay. your time. Is there anything else you want to say? No. Okay. I mean, cool. yes. No. Okay, we'll save it. We'll save it for next time. Uh, and I'll do our official sign off here. So thank you everyone for listening. Um, I'm. I'm willing to wager you got as much of that as we did. Like that was crazy and juicy and amazing. 
Um, so thank you for your precious time. And as always, we wish you a life filled with joy and abundance. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. There are literally millions of podcasts you could be listening to and you chose ours. So thank you. If there was something that resonated with you today, this is your reminder to share it with someone you know. The whole point of OMJ is to inspire others to design their lives exactly the way they want it to be. No settling, no excuses. Our story can spread faster and farther if you help us out. We also love hearing from you. Send us an email, send us a DM, or screenshot this episode and share it on Instagram. And remember to tag us. We love hearing about your amazing manifestations. If you want more OMJ, visit our website at OurManifestationJourney.com where we have free downloads, our reading list, upcoming events and courses, and even where you can book your channeled session with me. It's delicious. Go check it out. If you want to take this relationship to the next level and be among other souls who are looking to connect, support each other, and evolve their manifestation consciousness, join the OMJ Facebook community. In this group, you will receive exclusive offers and have access to online live events. The music for this podcast is provided by the amazing and generous Bonus Points. And our sound engineering is crafted by the very talented William Mitchell. As always, we wish you a life filled with joy and abundance. And we will see you next time on Our Manifestation Journey.